we're going. <laughs> Let's go. We're having a nice chat before, so I think we should kind of flow with yeah. that and see where this episode takes us. Yeah, so just having that, um, as we were saying, you know, just having that understanding about who you are, you know, mm. it would be incredibly helpful, can't it? I mean, a lot of us spend so much time, people spend generally so much time, they're so busy that they don't give themselves the time to, you know, to sort of sit back and actually try and appreciate where, where they are, what they're doing and what their individual skills are. I was talking to, um, I'm a presenter, so I work with a videographer and the videographer that I work with is very much, you know, he's very much in touch with that. And he's, he's more along the line of, you know, looking to find what people are actually good at rather than try and mold people into kind of doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. It's, it's, it's giving somebody a chance to just be able to, to work on what, what, what their key skills are or what their personality kind of leads them towards. Is, is that what you were kind of... Kind of yeah, to? definitely. I think so. And how has that resonated with you on your story? Like, have you found that you've kind of spent some of your life doing things that put you in this box that actually didn't fulfill you and didn't bring out your, your, your strengths? Yeah, for a long time, for decades, you know, and, um, uh, you know, some of that is through exploring myself, um, you know, I'm a therapist as well. So I've done hypnotherapy and uh, short solution, solution brace therapy. So some of, the, some of that was through me and going away on adventures and just trying to find yourself. And there is a key, for me, there was a key moment that seemed to sort of trigger all of that. So I started looking for that myself. And then it's, it's strange, but you must hear this so often that once you start doing that, you, you project something out to other people. And then other people start seeing that as well so mm. over, you know over the last few years people have actually recognized what I can do and you know rather again rather than try and get me to do something that I can't do I'm not so good at just get this guy doing you know what he can do you know and just let mm. him run with it but you know there's you know a lot of us don't get that opportunity as well you know mm. around the, the thing is Emma is right you need to be around people that can recognize that I, I work with I work with corporates and I work with creatives and the creatives they're not interested in what you can't do it's all about creating so they and and I can create as well so they are looking to get maximum creativity out of me rather than get me to do things that you know it's pointless trying to get me to do corporate stuff mm, and how liberating is that when you really are able to tap into like the energy that wants to flow through you rather than kind of forcing a way of being that doesn't actually align with how you want to show up in the world. It's, um, it's, it, I mean, it's massively liberating. Um, I got diagnosed with ADD, attention deficit disorder last year. And that was, that was, that was the single most, um, liberating feeling I've probably ever had. I mean, when you get that diagnosis, you, you cry, you know, it's mm. very, very emotional because you've been going through your life knowing that something isn't quite right, but not knowing what it is. And then all of a sudden, somebody's told you, it, it gives you an immediate understanding of all those different things that have been going on, you know. And so for me, that is, that's what it is. It's somebody saying to me, Simon, this is actually who you are. And it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a massive it's a massive change. It doesn't change the fact that you still have to live with ADD, but 
I'm quite quick nowadays to explain to other people what it actually is. I, I'm, I'm pretty keen to, they need to understand it. I, I feel, you know, they need to understand who I am. I feel like that anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I, I just feel that we got a better understanding then. This is mm-hmm. what, I, what I've got. I've, I have my struggles with this, but um, but don't let that be of any sort of detriment, you know? Mm. And I And I think there will be a lot of people that are tuning in that maybe can resonate with this and and actually feel quite opposite about the diagnosis. They can feel like it's it's limited them or it's actually restricted them or they can even feel a bit ashamed about being being prescribed with that label. Like how did you actually see it in this completely different light of, wow, this is actually a permission slip for me to, to be myself, for me to actually be proud of who I am? Yeah. All I, yeah, all I want to do, I don't care whether it's stigmatized or not. All I want to do is understand myself. And I don't care what the label looks like, as long as I can actually understand who I am. That, that doesn't matter. But like you say, there's, there, there's so many people that there are members of my family. This is a genetic condition. And there are other members of my family that have got this. Uh, but they don't. They don't want to accept a diagnosis for it, which, which is a which is, which is a real shame um, because, you know, there there are interventions that you can use that can you know make a difference as well. But like taking away the medication stuff, you know, it just understanding understanding yourself is a, is huge. But mm-hmm. I do worry that it gets stigmatized. I think it does get stigmatized so much. And people are, you think you're the kid, you know, in the classroom at school that wants to bounce off the walls and distract everybody. And that wasn't me. I wasn't that person. I was a daydreamer. I have thoughts flowing through my head all the time. And for me, but it can make you creative because you can catch, you can catch Mm. those thoughts and use those creatively. I done an interview with a psychologist the other day and he sees evolution going that way where people with ADHD and people that can hyper-focus, the world is going to start relying on those type of people more with those unique individual skills to sort of evolve, you know, further. Mm, Wow, I really love that perspective. And I think that that invites us into almost go beyond the labels, right? So we're not actually, we're going to be for people's own well-being to be to know like what they're actually experiencing but at the same time it's not something that we need to announce to everyone it's not something that we need to be because we become more more comfortable and more familiar with people that have these conditions doing things in a different way we don't see them as limited we see them as wow this is an expansive thing that they can do things as you said in this unique way like what are some of the the things that you see in yourself that are like, wow, without this, without having ADHD, I wouldn't be able to ADDD. I wouldn't be able to actually do this. I wouldn't be able to show up in this way. Yeah. The biggest thing with ADD or ADHD, the difference is ADD is attention deficit disorder. If people don't know, ADHD is attention deficit hyper disorder. So there's <laughs> a hyper part in the symptomology. Okay, thanks for um, that clarification. Yeah, no worries. Um, the biggest, The biggest thing that most people, most people with ADHD, ADD will have is hyper-focus. So there will be something that they can, you can go from not being able to focus on anything whatsoever 
to suddenly finding something that you cannot pull yourself away from. And to the point where it, it could become obsessive. And it can be a good thing and a bad thing because, you know, it can be associated, ADHD can be associated, people, you know, there is all sorts of problems that, you know, people focusing on the wrong things, or, you know, can be destructive as well. But if these are positive mm. things that you can focus on, you can literally outperform anybody that's kind of operating on a normal scale because it's you can't compete with it. It's too strong. Hyper-focus is too strong. When I'm focusing on something, you cannot... A conversation... So conversations for me is is one of my hyper-focuses. Mm. I could literally talk to most people for... We've, we've spoken before. I could speak mm. to people hours and hours and hours. But I like... I like conversations like this. I don't, I'm not very good with small chat. I can I'm resonate with that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's so much. I like, I like this stuff. I like sort of conversation, but I literally, I, 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 I'm, so, I'm totally zoned in and I can go from, because another thing with ADHD is disorganization is, it's just a major problem. I mean, we've tried to do this podcast a few times. Disorganization having no concept of time, you know, just leaving things to the last minute. So what it's like is um, it's like, that you know, you've got to do something, but you don't do it until the fire, you know, that. so imagine an analogy is that if you leave the, uh, the hob on the stove with the ball, with the, the hot fat in the, in the and mm. if you leave it on, you know that eventually it might turn into a fire. But you, so with ADHD, you kind of know that if I leave it too long, it's going to turn into a fire. Mm -hmm. I just leave it until the last minute. And this is what everybody with ADD, ADHD does. They leave things until the last minute because you're always trying to prioritize what is important, what is most important at that exact time, mm -hmm. rather than trying to be organized and trying to put things into some sort of order. So, you know, that, 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 that can be, you know, that can be, that can be a real problem. But like you say, once I'm talking and I'm doing an interview or something with somebody, I'm not really an interviewer. I'm a conversationalist. I'm not very good at, I'm not very good at asking good questions. I'm good at just talking, mm -hmm. but I have a structure. I mean, I, so I used to do a podcast before and I, I would write a structure. So I'd have probably six skeleton points but I could follow it. So that the conversation, it could be, some of our podcasts could be four hours long. <laughs> it would always follow the structure. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I mean, they, they went from start to finish without a break. That's pretty difficult when you want the toilet and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. For two and a half hours. And when they mm -hmm. start, you're obviously nervous and stuff. It's done in a studio environment. So they start and you're nervous and you think, oh, I need to remember, as soon as you start, that hyper-focus kicks in and you and you finish it and you think, do you know what? I've just done that in exact order. And I've done it the first time, done it the second time, and I ended up doing 66 of them. And they all ran exactly to schedule, which, mm -hmm. is, the, the, which is the complete opposite of my life. Because my life away from being in that zone is chaotic, mm -hmm. you know. It's um, 
it's so interesting. Do you think there's like, for people that are diagnosed with ADD and ADHD, they're actually finding that channel for them to express themselves in a way that feels like aligned with this idea of being hyper-focused and something that they're truly passionate about is actually what allows this, this diagnosis to be quite liberating because it's like, right, okay, I've got somewhere that I can channel my creativity, my, my focus in a, like you said earlier, in a positive way. And then the rest of my life, it's like, well, I can remember that I always have this channel to go back to, to kind of ground myself. Is that, does that resonate with you? It can. I mean, it's kind of, you know, so maybe you could call that your self place. You know that you've got that real special, Mm. that real special place that you go to that nobody else can. It can be frustrating as well because to to know that you are capable of, of, of being able to operate more normally than other people, but just not be able to do it, you know, throughout everything can be can be really frustrating as well. And, you know, it can lead to, I mean, it can lead to a lot of anxiety as well. But yeah, you know, to answer your question, it, it can because you do know deep down somewhere, there is somewhere that you can go, which potentially can give you something that normal people haven't got. It does get termed as being called a superpower at times, but there are other sides to ADHD that certainly aren't. You, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call it having a superpower because mm-hmm. there are a lot of things, there are a lot of challenges with it that you know are massively challenging. And maybe to get to this point that we're at now, you've had to go through a lot of situations that can really cripple your self-esteem because mm-hmm. it's like being a duck on water. You know, you're kicking your legs and you're working harder. Than, other, than everybody, else. You, 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 to do any sort of task, it, it can be very slow, you have, you, because you've got a lot of thoughts, you've got a lot of distraction, it's hard to do things quickly. Mm-hmm. So it can, also be, it can also be really, really challenging as well. And the trouble is, I mean, if you get diagnosed with it too late in life, it can, the, the damage can have already been done. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of positivity to maybe get away from, the, you know, the low self-esteem that, you know, a lot of people would certainly have had, you know, because of this. It's very undermining. Mm. You know, you do something, you can't do it. And you can be a bit of a, oh, he's really slow at this. Blah, blah. And then people don't. And again, it, it, it depends on how you interpret what people say to you. You know, to be, I mean, again, that, that's who we are as people, how strong we are, you know, whether we let things get to us, whether we're too oversensitive or not. But for, mm-hmm. for some people that get diagnosed in adulthood, more and more people are getting that now. You know, it's, it is just the start. It is, I think it's hugely liberating and it should be. To anyone that's listening to this, it should be liberating. But in some ways, it's almost the start of the journey. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's really, you're really stepping into a new understanding of yourself. And that also is bringing more awareness to, to how you show up in the world and how you can communicate that with other people. How is that for you? Like starting to actually connect with people knowing that you now had this, had this. Yeah. Um, I, again, 
you know, it's, it's the old cliche with, you know, you're as good as the people that you spend your life around, you know, you spend your life around good people. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the thing. And I do, I do have some really good understanding people in my life. So when I had, when I really knew that I had a problem with this, I could go to my boss, say to my boss, I've got a problem here. And my and my boss turned around and said, no worries. Mm. I brought you into a psychologist. We brought you into a psychologist, see what happens. So I, I was, you know, I, I was I was I was lucky there that um, you know, I you know, I could be put in that position. I had, I had people that could actually understand me. So it's really important as well that you don't want to keep again, I do tell people that I've got it and I make films now about telling people that I've got it because I want people to be able to relate to it, you know, but it, it does depend on the people that you're around as well. And it's, you know, businesses, school, education. I know, I know in education nowadays, teachers are so knowledgeable about ADHD. It would be very difficult to get through school nowadays without these teachers are so well trained. They do pick up on it. But if they don't pick up on it, you know, it is, it's reliant on how understanding the people are in your life, to mm. kind of, you know, how, how you, you kind of, you, you know, how you move on from that. And for me, I haven't, I, I just haven't had that problem because mm. people around me. Wow. So how important that is when you have this kind of diagnosis to, to actually connect in with, with not only like-minded people, but people that are actually even if they don't understand you, but they're willing to, I think that makes such a huge difference in how you're able to show up because you're able to show up as your true self, not feeling like you have to to hide. Absolutely, without a doubt. Mm. Because we all need to be our true selves. It, it, I mean, it doesn't matter what, what you're doing. If you're being a podcast presenter, you're talking to people. You, you know when something's not authentic. And it's the same with people that... They're not authentic with themselves in general. You can just, you can just, you can tell, can't you? And, um, but once you've, um, once you've learned to accept that, it's a bit like being an actor. If you're, you know, good actors can learn their lines and just deliver their lines. But if you're trying to be the actor to, in life, mm. and you're trying to think about, oh, what are my lines, rather than just being yourself, you forget your lines, wouldn't you? You forget your lines because you're, you're spending too much time. To, it's, it's distracting. You're in, rather than just trying to play the role, just trying to be yourself. You're trying to think about who you are and try. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. true. I'm just just seeing how like how many of us are playing those roles to receive validation to create things in our life that we want to have and we're forgetting that real connection and real relationships are built on that foundation of knowing yourself first and then and obviously that evolves over time right knowing yourself first and then showing up from that place and what you get to have then is is real conversation real connection and I think as we spoke about earlier like that that diagnosis for you is liberating. I think it's also liberating when you get to know yourself and when you get to really have this freedom to show up as that person. It, it really is. It's, it, it, it's, it's crucial. It's crucial that when I started doing those 
podcasts a couple of years ago, the, 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 the boss of the company that's done a lot of media work, he said, you've just got to be yourself. And I think, like you say, that didn't just resonate within the job that you're doing. Mm. Be yourself in, in life. If, if, be yourself, so accept your, 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 the, the negatives, or not the negatives, you, you, maybe your weaknesses, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and be able to work on those. Work on your fears. You know, a lot of people don't want to accept fear. They don't like to they don't like to show fear. But 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 it's making mistakes, making mistakes and showing fear that allow you to, you know, allow you to become more. And mm. so many people sort of suppress that. You know, suppress. Another thing I, I see Emma as well. I mean, this is going off a little bit, but it, you know. That you know, a, a man not being afraid to show femininity mm. as well, you know, is, an, is, is another thing that people are scared of. You know, people could say, oh, you know, he's, 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 he's this or that if he shows femininity, but it's, yeah. it's not. Vulnerability, you've, you've, exactly. Exactly. You, you've got to. Mm. And there's a song for Tears, Tears for Fears uh, called Women in Chains. And the song is in the video. There's a guy punching a punch bag. It's black and white. It's such a great song. And he's punching this punch bag. And then he's sitting down at the dinner table and his wife is coming up to him and giving him his dinner. And he's abusing her. He's shouting at her. Mm. But the actual song isn't about him abusing another person. It's about him abusing the feminine side of himself. Oh, yeah. I re- <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's really, really clever. It's really clever it song, is. but it's it's true that you you people don't embrace everything about themselves. It's like they need to, especially men, mm-hmm. especially men, they're just they're just too afraid to show they think it's weakness. Powerful. I think I resonate that with that so much. I work with a lot of men, men clients, so. I see this a lot where the, the vulnerability is is so scary because to take those walls down, it's like I'm no longer a man anymore because of this conditioning we have in the patriarchy and in what it means to be a man. And people are scared of like what's on the other side of that. Like what what does it mean if my my wife, my partner, my girlfriend, my even my friends and my family see me in my in my tears, see me in my vulnerability? And we forget that that's where the true strength lies. Like, for example, you showing up here today, Simon, speaking your truth and sharing your thing and being vulnerable about what you've been through. Like, that's creating a pathway for other people to do the same. To You're giving permission to other men to be like, oh, actually, this is really what it is to be a strong person. This is what it is to be to be true to yourself. And I think that goes above any need to suppress or to mask because when we suppress or we mask these things we're actually keeping them so inside our system that then they express through like that through anger through reaction and that creates us more pain and keeps us in this cycle of suffering so for anyone who's listening now particularly if there's some some men listening like what would you say to them is 
is important for them to actually tap into that that vulnerable side of themselves and to show up in that way what are some steps that could be something that they could take from your own journey from your own perspective of showing up in this more in this sensitive and being able to open the door to talking about their things that they've got going on in their life and their weaknesses and their and all that (laughs) I mean yeah it's a really good question it's so for me it was all about expression expressing myself so I've done that through drama auditions something that I would never ever have done in my life mm-hmm. you know going to uh, a, a top drama college and, and doing an audition didn't get through the audition but that didn't that didn't matter for me it was about doing something that I doing something that I think I can do but always being too scared to do it because again like with mm-hmm. with, with acting and create it's it is you've got to let go you've got to let go of everything and I don't know how but I I, I don't sit there and think right how can I do it but I just ended up doing acting auditions I ended up learning to sing not again not because I want to be anything but I just I love music and I love that stuff and to stand up and sing in front of somebody again it's absolutely terrifying, but I, so I, I found a singing teacher and, uh, and spent five months learning musical theatre. I've got no interest in musical theatre. It's funny, right? I got no interest in, I had no interest in it. I've watched, you know, I've been to theatre and stuff, but I'd, you know, it wasn't something that it's very sort of, I, I, how do you describe it? It's over theatrical for me. It's a bit over theatrical, but, um, but I learned to sing to a to a, a level well enough to be able to go to the, uh, a music festival and sing in front of a lot of people at a music festival. Wow! And I mean, it was a competition and stuff. Didn't obviously didn't didn't want to win the. I didn't. I didn't even think about winning a competition. I just wanted to turn up and do it. And my music teacher, I mean, she was the one that said, you know, turn up and do it. So it is when you're doing, and I, I mean, people don't necessarily need to go to that extreme, but that's what I, that's what I done. Um, climbed mountains and stuff, got, got into adventure. Um, always had a, I've always had a fascination of height and it kind of scares me a little bit with that because it's, am I, do I always need to be at the highest? And at the, because of mountains, an analogy, isn't it? It's, you know, stand on top of the the highest mountain, and you're above everybody else. That's kind of the analogy that gets kind of thrown around. But I, for whatever reason, I've always had a fascination with height. Uh, America, big skyscrapers, highest mountains, always. So I went to the Himalayas probably uh, nearly twenty years ago, thinking. I've always wanted to see the highest mountains in the world. So, so I, I kind of went there to see these mountains for myself, to look at them and see what it feels like. Maybe with the intention as well that I might actually want to go up one of those mountains one day. And in 2005, I went there, saw Everest and all these other mountains around it. Absolutely spectacular. Yeah. The most emotional place I've ever been to in my life. That is so heavy. That Nepal, the Himalayas, so heavy. But I went there and I thought, I'm 
no chance. They were too high and they were too big for me. And I thought that I would never, I would never go back to that. I've seen it and that's enough. But you have things that happen in your life. And for me, there were, there were kind of three kind of core events that sort of happened at the same time, all at the same time. And you literally wake up one morning and it's strange, but you felt like a different person. And you felt like a different person. Then all of a sudden, I wanted to go and climb those mountains. And I spent, I rang up a guy that day who climbed Everest three times and said to him, I've never climbed a mountain in my life. And the whole Everest thing is, oh yeah, we've got another one. Because there's a lot of people that want to climb, not just Everest. I mean, Everest is the highest. Mm -hmm. But this guy, but he listened to me and I was talking to him on the phone for two hours. I knew knew everything about Everest because I read all the books and everything. So he knew I had a bit of knowledge about it. And he gave me, and he believed in me, but you've got to do this. So he told me what what I needed to do. By the way, I haven't got to Everest. (laughs) Not yet, not yet. (laughs) I would love to end this by saying what it sounds, what it feels like to stand on the summit, but I didn't. But I've done everything. I've done. I've done all the climbing in Scotland. I climbed a seven thousand one hundred meter mountain, which was the last mountain that I could go on an Everest expedition. Mm-hmm. I, but but just going on that expedition for three weeks, you just you just learning about yourself. I'm. You know. I. I. I was around some people. I was around half a dozen people that were doing that, and they were all completely different people. The, the English guide was already too far ahead of himself. He already thought that he was going to get to the top and he, and he was going to go on and on because he'd never climbed a mountain this size either. And he went too fast. He went, and I knew he was too fast. It, but for me, it was ego. He was trying to prove himself too much. And he ended up getting pulmonary edema. And nearly dying and having to come down in front of all of his clients. So, so I and so cut a long story short. Basically, most of the expedition they were dropping. And what I noticed as well is, and I think this is the same thing in life. A lot of people want an excuse when it gets too hard to stop. Mm. That stuff is hard. It, 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 climbing Everest, whatever people think about that, that is hard. They've got no, they see cues of people and they think they're rich, but they are. A lot of the time they are rich people. I get that. But it's a real, you've got to be a certain sort of person to, to, to get up there. It doesn't matter who you are. But when I was doing that, by seeing people dropping out, as soon as one person saw a person drop out, then they all started dropping out. It's like it gives them an excuse to quit because somebody else has already quit. But it makes you stronger because you're not you know you're not quitting so mm. i know that was quite a long but, no i loved where that was going but, but the uh but but the for me the creative side of it and the adventurous side of it and i've done other adventurous things because of that as well they've all kind of come together you know it's just mm. that now i'm a bit of a mixing pot of all of those experiences but these are these experiences i mean if somebody is listening to this, you could you could have lived up until this point an unfulfilling life. You could have easily done that. We because I did. 
you know, 10 years ago, if I really had to look back and, and look at, have you done anything that you've really wanted to do? You'd say, well, no, not really, you know, but it's, it's never too late to, it's never too late to start. You don't need to have a whole life of experiences. You can start to really be yourself whenever you want to. You've just got to take the challenge. Oh, I love that last bit. You can be whoever you want to. You just got to take the challenge and that choice as well. Like kind of what I'm hearing in in what you said there, it's almost like being yourself and being able to really, especially as a man, show up in your vulnerability and your truth. It's like learning to find the things that allow you to connect back to that part of who you truly are, right? Beyond all the surface, beyond all the masks, beyond who you think you should be and how you think you should show up. It's like, do the things that allow you to connect to who you truly are, the things that put you outside of your comfort zone and have you expressing these parts of you, right, in different ways and in in ways for the sake of creativity, not for this end goal or objective, but for the sake of creativity, for connection, these real true values that are within us, right, within us all at a core level. So what I'm hearing in that is, finding those things that work for you that allow you to connect to that part of you and then finding ways to allow that part to also express and then the more you do that and the more you practice and play around with these with these things that feel good to you the more that it just becomes your natural way of being the more you feel comfortable to show up like that in your day-to-day life yeah it's it's true i mean it is you've just got you've got you've you've got you've got you've got to just accept it and do it, whatever it is you've got to do. You know, with like, um, you know, depression and anxiety and, you know, whatever. And, you know, I've, you know, I love hiking and stuff as well. I mean, hiking is, you don't need to be, you don't need to be ultra fit. You, you know, you don't need to have specific skills, anything like that. You know, you can just go out for a hike. And I mean, honestly, I, I sort of asking you the question that, as well. I mean, how many people can say, do you know what? I went out for a, I went out for a one mile walk or two, whatever it was. I went out for a walk today and I feel really, I feel really terrible after it. It it doesn't happen, does it? I mean, most people, if you go out for a walk or you do something that's, you know, you're, you're making a step to doing something that maybe you wouldn't have done. You, it's, it's highly unlikely that you're going to, you're going to finish that walk and come back and feel worse. It's just, it's just not, it's just not happening. But if you um, but if you don't do anything, you'll just continually feel worse. So it's I mean, we'll say all this stuff as well. It is maintaining this as well, because I mean, it's I've always found it difficult um, to maintain a routine. I find that hugely challenging. I mean, I do drop in and out of things. I mean, I might be running four times a week for, for 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 a few months. And then I just stop, you know, and it's like, why have I stopped yoga? Why, why have I stopped? Mm. And once, and, and sometimes it can be, it can be a few months and then you, and why have I stopped? I mean, and you always know that once you stop, it's always going to be, you've always, you've always got to go back to the start and start all over again. But I, I, I certainly go around in circles, like cycles like that, mm. where it's not a continuous thing. I, one of my colleagues, she, she runs, she does 190 mile runs and stuff. She's like, you know, and she is on it. She is up at six o'clock in the morning, going for runs, watching what she's eating. She is super disciplined. 
that is not me. That well, it is me to a certain degree, but I have to really try hard to maintain that. And at times, you will. I fall off. Mm. Okay. I think, I think it's almost there as well, embracing our humanness with these things and realizing that we're all different. So you mentioned earlier, like this acceptance and this embracing of yourself and especially after your diagnosis, like like the liberation in embracing who you were and who you are. And I think that goes with, with everything that we do in life, right? So however we're showing up in the moment to simply honor that experience and realize that we can't be perfect all the time because I think this this pathway to trying to create perfection in, in perfectionism in our life is not real and it's not staying true to to who we are. Like yes. so, for you, it's like these these cycles of where you you see yourself doing amazing things and you're in this routine, and then the cycles where you're, where you're not. They're both as expansive as each other right there's no white right or wrong or good or bad it's like it just is and I think honoring yourself in both of those spaces is really powerful because acceptance and embracing of yourself no matter where you are what you're doing is the only thing that actually offers you an opportunity or a foundation to create change from to create shifts from because if you're not accepting yourself loving yourself, embracing yourself as you are, where you are right now, then you're only going to be shaming yourself to change. You're not actually going to be allowing like that natural process to kind of move through you. And I guess, like you said there, when you were watching people kind of not climb the mountain, right, they chose not to. And you feel cool, you might feel calling to go back in five years. And that's your right time. It's like, there's never a right or wrong in these situations. And I think, that then opens us up for for more joy and love with ourselves rather than shame within ourselves. Was there a time in, in your life where you could see that you felt more ashamed of who you were rather than kind of really connected to who you were? Because you mentioned how, you know, hiking and acting and have brought you back to this connection with yourself. Was there a time that you kind of lived more in the shame? I don't, I, I don't, I don't know about... I don't know about shame. I mean, I, I know that when I was um, when I was 19 years old, I was involved in a, a serious road accident, and um, and the accident wasn't my fault. But when you're put in a position like that, and it goes to you know it goes to the coroner and everything, and you, you, you have to go and for a 19 year old to have to go through that is is. To, to experience something like that is a pretty, pretty horrific experience. And then to the trouble is you, you play stuff like that back in your mind and you know what happened. I can see it happening all the time now. It, it will never leave my mind. But you almost kind of put yourself in a position where you caused it and and you didn't. It was the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I think for a long, I think for a long time, um, I... I for for a long time I felt some sort of guilt, not just because, well, not be, not not for the, I felt guilt for being there. I felt guilt because what happened that night. I happened to be in that place that end, that ended somebody else's life, and um, uh, and I think it took me an awful long time to get over that. Did I feel shame? No, but I felt some sort of guilt, and. 
in retrospectively as well I mean that's what got me into therapy and stuff in, in, in the first place as well because I ended up going to a therapist to help you know with with that so and I and I I think over the years you know that has that has diminished it's not it's not quite as um it's not as intense as it was in my 20s you know but if there was a period in my life it would have been in my 20s and you you know, you think your twenties and your thirties. I mean, if you know, they are great years. I've got to say, your forties are great years as well. You know, you still, but I, that 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 um, that incident in my life probably led to a lot of guilt, which shouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like through that acceptance of its presence, you you sit you seeked out that that support that you needed and that guidance that you needed. And I guess. If anyone's tuning into this, this kind of goes into what we were speaking a little bit about earlier about this, the importance of being able to show your vulnerability or sensitivity. And if there are people listening to this that are thinking, okay, I've got got these things in, in my past that maybe I haven't quite looked at or I'm scared to look at, what guidance would you perhaps give to those people to to allow themselves to feel that safety to look at these things in their life or in their past? Again, it, it's... It's really, really hard to tell somebody. I mean, I, I know with, with with therapy, you know as well, it's, people have got these belief systems, haven't they, in their minds. And it, it's it's really difficult sometimes to be able to override somebody's belief systems. But you need to you need to recognize, you need you've got to recognize that there is something wrong. It's having that higher consciousness. You need that higher consciousness to just, you need to recognize that something something is wrong here. And you know when something's wrong, when it's affecting your life. So once, you, once you're in a situation where, do you know, as a result of me doing this or that, it's affecting my life and it's affecting other people's lives. So there is this kind of this naturalness that you do need to, be able to do that. But again, listening to stuff like this and somebody would hopefully listen to this and think, well, actually, there are things that I am doing that are now, they're affecting me, they're hurting me. Maybe they've hurt other people as well. It's time for me now to to do something about that. And I mean, we're both therapists as well. We both understand that. We would say probably probably talking to people closest to you family and that is I've never found that to be very productive I've always found that you need to talk to people that are very very impartial and mm. I've always found I've always found com- conversation the, the 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 best form of therapy you know you you could be the you could be a psychiatrist and be the highest qualified you know, medical therapist that there is, but you could also be more of a counselor. You could be a counselor, a person that sits there and just listens to other people. And actually the effectiveness of both is almost, it could almost be the same because that person Mm -hmm. might just want to, they might not want to go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. They might just want to talk to somebody. And, and as a consequence of the conversation, just being able to, get some things off of their chest can can make a massive difference so for me it's always been it's always been being able to talk to people you know 
probably outside of the the people that are closest to you. Mm, and I think that that is quite a an eye opener for a lot of people because it's kind of natural to go straight to our friends, to our colleagues, and this where we've got a lot in in culture and in society around kind of like this this need to like get it off our chest, but in a way that's sort of complaining or reactionary to like what we've got going on in our lives. And what I'm hearing from you is this this need for a deeper conversation where the space is held for you to simply listen. Like the power of listening to people is actually what allows them to start to accept themselves because through listening to them, you're opening up a space of non-judgment. Exactly, exactly. Mm. I think we should say as well that actually podcasting Yes. You know, we, we both know what the power of you know, podcasting oh, is. Completely. I mean, since I've been doing this, it's it's fascinating to watch people go on their own journey through the interview and they start kind of in this space. Sometimes it's a bit closed off, sometimes it's kind of maybe wearing a mask or especially when you do these podcasts the way I think that that we do, which is a lot more natural conversation, just allowing whatever's meant to come up to flow through. And and it's how I it's work with my clients as well, because what it then allows is a space just for true, true reflections to come to the surface. It's not orchestrated in a way. It's not put in this like, I'm above you and then you're going to kind of open up to me and then we're going to see what's going to happen. We're, we're all equal. We're all in the same playing field. We're all going through the same things, whether you're a therapist or not, you're all experiencing the same thing. And we're all part of this one unity consciousness anyway. So when we can simply be a reflection for another person through asking questions, right, through offering guidance um, and asking if they want to receive that guidance through the power of listening and like you said that's what that's what we do as podcasters and I think it offers such a groundbreaking transformation for people because you're not trying to fix anyone like that is the thing when you're trying to fix anyone when you're trying to fix yourself change can't really occur or sustainable change can't really occur when you're accepting yourself, loving yourself and same for the other, creating that space for them to do that. That's what real, real change can happen from that place. And I guess like, that's what this story has really, what's come out of this story of your own diagnosis of like that liberation of really just loving yourself as who you are and accepting yourself as who you are no matter what the labels say or what the societal perceptions of that label are. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. It's, it's, um, it, it's just being limitless, isn't it? And just, um, you know, and just, and just, and just, and just being yourself and, um, you know, social media and things like that nowadays, it's like, you know, sometimes you can look at that and um, I don't do very much social media. And I think, sometimes I feel like I should do do social media more I think it can it can definitely hold you back but I've always had this problem that if I I this is how I feel about it that if I start posting a lot of stuff on social social media if I'm only going to be selective that's what worries me that I would be I'm, I'm and I think a lot of people are they want you to see Certain things, I think, well, some 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 of this stuff is good. You know, it's like this. You know, it, it's it's good. You you want to inspire people with the Instagram great pictures and this and that, but it's um, 
some of it you can just you know it's you we've heard it all before it's that false perception of other people's lives that can um you know that can you know can be a little bit harmful as well and uh, mm. um i i don't know i don't i don't mm. really i think oh. it's almost like seeing it as a tool you know it's a tool that can be utilized um and at the same time realizing that it's not the true reflection of the depth. I actually did a something on my Instagram the other day of like how you, this is only one side of me that you get to see, right? There's so many things. And I was posting pictures of myself fishing with my dad and I was, you know, sharing some of my poetry and I was like, there's so much depth to us all, right? And even I think social media is a kind of reflection of how we are as a society, of how we're only connecting the tip of the iceberg in conversation with other people because we're not we're almost scared to expose ourselves or to show the things that are like deeper within us so we hold ourselves back or we hold back from asking questions to other people because we fear that they're going to react in a way that's going to make us uncomfortable so social media I see is a reflection of the conversations that we're, we're having as a society of we're only just scratching the surface of the depth that we can we can go to with another and the connection that we can go to with another and I don't know what you think about this Simon but I think like the more that we connect with ourselves and go deeper with ourselves then we open up that up with other people so it's it's first with us and then that allows for that kind of conversation and that depth with others so as do you find you know do you find with yourself that you can you can do that you are giving yeah. as much as you possibly can out there I think I think I've explored such a depth within myself now that that's why people are able to open up to me and like you said kind of at the beginning of this interview once you're kind of doing this work this kind of self-reflection introspection and really almost taking responsibility for how your life has unfolded and when you're doing that with yourself and when you're really knowing yourself people feel that energy people feel that well if she's not going to judge herself even the darkest deepest parts then how could I judge that of another person and I mean I've worked with people that have come out with really dark things in their life and I felt nothing but all I want to do for you is hold the space for you because I could have easily been in that position within myself I could have easily done that if I was in a different circumstance, right? So I think like the depth we're willing to go to within ourselves is the depth of conversations that we can have and connections that we can have with others. And I think to an extent, a lot of us now, the way that the world is moving and the way the direction of consciousness is moving is we're being called to go deeper within ourselves. And then we're being called to hold the space like this interview here, right? It's creating a whole new paradigm of how people that are listening to this can see themselves, can start to see themselves. And and I think it's a transmission of that consciousness because we're willing to see these things within ourselves, accept these things within ourselves. It creates a space for other people to do that. So I've definitely found that within myself now that the space I'm able to, to hold for people is one not of judgment and not of like having to wear masks or having to stay at this kind of just touching the iceberg on who we are but we're able to actually go deeper and really talk about some of these things that I think are really important to be able to share with other people 
And I think what you're doing is exactly that by by sharing this and sharing your diagnosis in a way that you feel called to share it. And then that is going to simply create conversations that people now want to have with you about that. And I'm sure it already has created conversations that you've had with people that allow you to dive deeper than like just scratching the surface. Yeah, it certainly has. It, 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 it does. You know, you could be talking about something that's got nothing to do with that. And then when somebody hears, oh, right, okay. Yeah, you do. You, you get a lot. And, you know, and I guess that's the next, that's the, that's the phase that we're at now, isn't it? Where we're, 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 we're at that point now where, you know, we're ready to sort of like, you know, move on to that, you know, okay, mm-hmm. I think this is what we're sort of here to kind of do, you know, in our different, in our different roles. But Completely, you know, actually, completely. Yeah, and it's pretty satisfying as well, actually, isn't it? As well, when, when you know, you must do it with this as well. When, when someone's listened to something and it's like, yeah, they, they've, they've got that, you know mm. it. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and they want to tell you all about their own their own stuff as well, you know. I, I, yeah, I get that. Totally, I mean, totally. I yeah. find it, it's just, it's so real. Like, I don't know, you know, sometimes when there's just not words to describe the experiences that you get to have through these connections and through the interviews that you do or the space that you hold for other people, it's difficult to describe in words how 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 amazing it is to to really connect with people in that way and the buzz that you feel after that and you're kind of like I'm this is what I'm here to do like it's so familiar yet it's so strange to find it so familiar and I think um I don't know if you resonate with this Simon but it's almost like okay so now I'm stepping into who I truly am and the work that I'm supposed to do here and like you said that comes out in in lots of different ways right so for you right now in your life it is being a presenter it's really talking and having the conversations with people for some people that might look like being a teacher or being a nurse like there's so many different roles in which this connection and this depth can be fulfilled right and each of us are unique so it's like finding your own way to do that I think is is so key and I loved what you said earlier like if you feel like the past 40 50 years of your life haven't been fulfilling that desire within you like you can start whenever you want you just got to choose to take that challenge like I love that reminder so I think like as we kind of come towards the end of this today like what would be your what would be your takeaway to give to people today if they're sitting in there in they're listening to this and they're thinking I want to connect to myself more I want to do work that is a true reflection of who I am and what I want to create and and live more deeply in alignment with who I truly am right and through this connection that I'm beginning to start beginning to create like what is some guidance that whatever just comes to you now that you would give to to those people who are tuning in and, and reflecting on that to themselves it, there is there is something that everybody it doesn't matter where you are in life you might not be feeling great you might there is something that everybody likes there is there, there is a there is a thread that everybody has got that if they're prepared to do you know what I'm going to just I'm just going to look at this a little bit harder you know you might not feel fantastic but you you, there's this one thing that somebody everybody has got that they like and if you take the time to just sit there and think well what is it and you know it might not come to you straight away 
but it's that it's there because we're human. We've had so many different experiences that there, everybody has got something. And I would say that whatever that something is, and it could just be anything in the world, literally anything, examine it further, get into it more, because it might not be that that's where you end up, but that is the portal that might take you to the next step. Oh, that was so powerful. <laughs> I can feel that like activating things in me now. So I can't imagine like what that's activating in people that are tuning into this. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. And thank you for coming on and sharing your story. And, and I think it is a testament to who you are as a person and how you are able to show up in the world in such an authentic way. And I think that is something that we don't get to see, especially, especially in a time where we're really being called to dive into deeper conversations with one another and deeper connections. So thank you for being that pathway for other people to, to take that, to take that road to that connection with themselves. No, absolute pleasure. It's been great to come on and do this. It's yeah, been, uh, it's incredible. It's a bit, it's a bit overdue, but, um, <laughs> it happened really... exactly the right time. That's all. That's what I always say, you know, like know. <laughs> it always happens exactly the right time. Um, and it's not going to happen a moment earlier and a moment later. So <laughs> I, I can't wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's so many other things we could have gone on about that and it would have ended up in some esoterical conversation. So oh, yeah, yeah. we'll do another one another day that goes a little bit deeper. But I think this is a good kind of taster into to what we wanted to cover today and how beautifully it came through. I know I know people who listen to 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 my podcast and people who are listening that haven't tuned in before like this is how we we do things it's it's all natural nothing scripted here like what's come up has come from from the heart and from this space that really allows for that for that true authentic connection mm. and conversation so thank you for joining me in in that conversation Simon it's been a pleasure <laughs> I'd love to do it again at any time yes <laughs> we definitely will I can imagine another one thank you so much my love and thank you everyone who's tuning in today we will see you again for our next episode much love bye-bye